welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. It's been a, a massive uh, off-season, pre-season. Hopefully by now you've had a chance to listen to our pre-season preview. We went and, uh, and discussed all 32 NFL franchises coming into this season. And so now before week one, we will do our uh, annual preseason picks and tips and, and any other kind of bets or plays or anything that, that we like preseason. And uh, a couple of times throughout the season, we'll come back and, and have a chat and see how we're how we're tracking for a few of these things. But uh, as always, Ryan, thanks for joining me and welcome back to the show. Thank you, Nick. Very uh, honoured and pleasure to be here, of course, as always, mate. But uh, yeah, look, uh, obviously another huge NFL season. We've left it late, our preseason predictions this year, but uh we did decently well. I think we, we kind of kept ourselves accountable last year and we'll obviously try and do that again this season and do a review show where we look back and, and pick apart some of our um, our predictions. And um, again, we're on the same page as quite a lot of, um, of these ones. Yeah, I think we are just having a quick look at at, uh, at our little run sheet here and, and we don't really get a chance to, to talk about any of this stuff really before we hit record. So... Um, whatever kind of reasoning, obviously we've kind of spoken a little bit through the, through the preseason preview, but, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll get to hear some reasonings for, for a few of our plays, but why don't we, uh, get stuck into our division winners and we'll start up here at the top, the AFC North. I've gone the Cincinnati Bengals, surprise, surprise. Uh, and you're on the same, on the same page there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, as hard as the NFC North can be, and we, we saw last year Again, it was an extremely competitive division. We had almost all teams finish with a winning record. I think the Browns finished just behind the ledger at eight and nine, rounding out the the top four. But obviously, um, you know, the Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, and Browns—all of them could be playoff teams or playoff caliber teams this year. So, again, a wide open division in the AFC North. But we both kind of jumped to the Cincinnati Bengals, who we both picked last year, and. They duly saluted. However, they did get off to a slow start, and we were we were a bit worried. But uh, they came good. Obviously, had a, a huge run in the middle of the season, and um, and got the job done in the AFC North. And again, I think they can get it done this year. Obviously, Joe Burrow had that calf injury over the preseason. Looks like he'll be right to go around, uh, for Week One. But they they're stacked again, and and uh, I think they've only improved that. Um, that's a lineup. So look, I, I think they're going to be strong again, and, and I think Burrow takes another step forward uh, in season three. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that that kind of hits the nail on the head. I think the, obviously so much is reliant on the health of Joe Burrow, and hopefully there aren't any kind of long term issues with that that calf injury. And it doesn't seem like there will be. Um, but that's obviously the, the key for the Bengals. The other one that I just wanted to touch on in the, in the AFC North is is the Browns because I feel like. The Browns have the probably the widest range of of uh, opportunity, I guess, of almost any team in the NFL. In that they could legitimately stake a claim to win the division if everything goes right. They could also completely brown it up and come last in the division. And uh, I'm not sure that there's really any other team that can lay claim to having that range of of option uh, across the course of the season. So Browns are one to watch. Uh, Bengals clearly the team to beat in that division, but it, it's going to be a tough, a tough one, I think. Yeah, it is, and like like we said, I think it's going to be another tight division race uh, in the AFC North, one of the harder divisions to pick on paper every season. But um, one that doesn't look as wide open, I think, is the AFC South, and I think we're both then we wouldn't be the only ones that are jumping on the Jacksonville Jags to um, to dominate this division this year. 
No, I think we're, we're both we're both pretty sold on the Jags to to take out this division. Again, obviously they they won it uh, the final final week of the the season, or was it the week before? Did they lock it up? I can't remember, but uh, they, the they left week. it late. They left yeah. it late. They 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 did get on a run late in the in the season to to clinch that division, uh, and that division just stunk it up. Something shocking for for the majority of of last season. But I think the Jags are on the right track. I think they're coached nicely. I think Trevor Lawrence is due for a step forward, and they're pretty short. They're they're one of the shortest favorites for a division in the, in the competition. Uh, I think you found them at $1.60. I had them at, at $1.57. It's, it's pretty short for that uh, that particular division. Yeah, I, I still think $1.60 seems like um, value, to be honest, with, with, the, with the kind of caliber that's coming out of the South this year. The Colts and the Texans are going to be really bad, you think, and, and their only real challenger seems to be the Titans, who mm. I don't know how... I have how... a feeling they're going to be bad, so... Yeah, well then, it, it seems like a, a really safe play. I mean, it always looks good on paper. Those these kind of long shots, or when I say long shots, these long future picks, I should say. But yeah, a mm. dollar um, sixty with the tab uh, seems like good value, and and I think um, you're shopping pretty well to get that at this stage. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's worth I think it's worth a play there, uh, given the state of the AFC South. The AFC East is a really interesting one because I think looking at any any other year over the last kind of two or three years, you get the Buffalo Bills at $2.10 or $2.25 like you have, you'd be pretty happy with that. But obviously there's the big question mark uh, around uh, the New York Jets. Yeah, correct. And and that, that looks to be the obvious danger here for the for the Bills. Of course, there's the Dolphins there as well, but it, it does look like it's a race in... In three, um, potentially even two, if you if you don't want to, um, if you don't think the Dolphins are up to it, but yeah, it might come down to the Bills and the Jets. They had some um, tight tussles last year, and um, the Bills got it done, as I mentioned um, in our preseason pre- preview. They're kind of almost been the the forgotten team over the mm. over the off season with so many star signings and and some big moves and and things going on in other powerhouse teams. But the Bills have quietly been going about their business, finished the record finished the season last year, I should say, with only three losses um, before their playoff exit. So, look, they're it's forced to be reckoned with. They've again, they haven't really lost anything. They've they've strengthened that roster a little bit. Uh, another year under their belt, they'll be hungry, um, having been starved of success in the playoffs. But um, yeah, they're going to definitely have some some competition in that division. Obviously, with Aaron Rodgers coming coming in and and being a Super Bowl winner. So. Really one to watch out for, that young Jets defense. The, the Dolphins, like I said, uh, are still very explosive and can can be a threat. And then the Patriots look to be the the um, the outsiders of, of that division. But, of course, we've still got a very, very, very strong defense. Um, so it's going to be tough for the Bills, but I think they're up to it and they should be winning the AFC East for a fourth straight season. 100%. I, th- I think they are going to be challenged by the, the Jets and potentially the Dolphins. I've got those two kind of fighting out for a, a wild card spot. Uh, I, I think you know, the Pats can make things difficult for, for teams at, at times, but I'm not sure they're going to be at the same the same level. But I, th- I think there's some value there at the Bills. You know, like, like we spoke about, the kind of the forgotten team, the, the slept on team. And like you said, they're going to be hungry and, and they want they want another shot at a at a ring, and uh, I think they're going to give it every everything they've got. And I think that they win this division pretty easily um, in the end. And you know th- those two other teams that we've mentioned are fighting out for for wildcard positioning. Uh, the AFC West, we made this mistake a year ago <laughs> where we expected the Chargers to take that leap uh, and potentially usurp the the Kansas City Chiefs 
at the top of the division. I'm not making that same mistake again, are you? No, exactly right. And that's something we kind of alluded to in the, the pre-season, pre-season shows and pre, uh, with that we just recorded. But um, And hopefully you guys have all had a chance to listen to it some stage as well. But, of course, yes, we both kind of went out on a limb last year, thought the, the reign of terror for the Chiefs could be over with the Chargers taking that big leap and, and taking a very strong AFC West. We thought it was probably one of the strongest divisions ever seen. Um, it didn't really play out that way with the Broncos completely shooting the bed and the Raiders being not much better than that. So, look, mm-hmm. um, it was pretty cruisy, comfortable win for the the Chiefs overall, and that was their seventh straight AFC West title. I've certainly got them winning an eighth. Um, I don't see why the Chargers can can upset them this year as much as I'd love to see that. And, you know, it's good for football, and, and it'd be great to kind of see the Chargers give the Chiefs a run for their money. I think the Chiefs look the class again, and... Yeah, like like I mentioned in the preseason show, with anyone with um, Andy Reid at the helm and, and number fifteen throwing the football, I think they're going to be pretty strong. So, the Chiefs for mine, and I think you can get around that dollar sixty mark again, which is um, yeah, not too bad at all for um, the reigning Super Bowl champions. Yeah, no, I, I agree one hundred percent. And if you do want to hear more about that, uh, if you haven't listened so far and you want to hear more about that uh, AFC West division race and and kind of our thoughts on the Chiefs and the Chargers and, and whatever, go back and and have a listen to that preseason preview. Uh, moving into the NFC, we start with the North, uh, and one of the few times that we're on a, a different page here, you've gone the the surging Detroit Lions, and and I'm sticking fat with the the Vikings. Yeah, I haven't gone out on a limb here. Obviously, the Detroit Lions are the favourites, and I've I think I've actually backed um, every division winner, the favourite to be, uh, the favourite to win their division win, division their respective division, and which is you know never usually the case. There's always one of those big outliers or a, a big upset. Um, so I am worried, and this is the one that I really did lean like you to the Vikings, where I could see see this one um, playing out uh, the other way around here, but. I think just some class on the Detroit Lions now. They've just they're just such a well built roster. All of a sudden, I mean, Jared Goff, if he can play like he did for most of last year, he obviously had a really down twenty twenty one, but really showed signs of life. And you know, remember he did get a team to a Super Bowl um, only a few seasons ago, and then of course kind of shot back to life with a, a really um, good and interesting offense and a, a Dan Campbell kind of led team who we've all kind of decided to root for is almost you know what I mean like he's just one of those guys that you want success mm. to come to and um, that offensive line is stacked they've they've enhanced that even further um, that defense is getting better so yeah I, I think the the lines look the class at the NSC North which which is probably the first time in my lifetime that I've ever said that so <laughs> um, yeah it, it's it's a weird one and and I, like I said I think the only thing that can stop him is that sense of expectation or if, if the Vikings or Bears or someone like that can take a big leap. But, uh, look, I've got the Lions winning, and it's um, like last year. We've got seven seven of the same winners, and there's <laughs> always that one that kind of we go head-to-head on. But um, the Lions for mine, and I'd love to know why you think the Vikings are, are going to kind of um, repeat this year. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you on all those points around the Lions. Uh, and so I think we are somewhat on the same page. My my only question mark is whether they're ready to win now and whether they're they're ready to kind of make a dent in, in that expectation uh, that, that we all have on them. Uh, you know, it's such a talented roster. Uh, defense has improved immeasurably. Offense is, is, is stacked. Uh, and like you said, they probably are the class, the class squad in the division. Um, and yeah, you know, like I said in in the the 
season preview, I think the Vikings will regress. Um, you know, that they could very well be an, an eight or nine win team as opposed to the 13, 13 win team that we saw last year. But I think that they've just got, you know, if it comes down to maybe a, a, a season a season tie or, or whatever, that potentially they've got the, the bigger bodies, um, they've got some experience, they know how to win the division, they've done it now. Um, and just... You know, even if they do regress somewhat from last season, that, that they might still just have enough in them to, to get some of those close wins uh, that that can be the difference between winning the division and, and you know, pulling out a, a wildcard spot. And I certainly think the Detroit Lions are a playoff-worthy squad and a playoff-worthy team. I think that they'll be, they'll be thereabouts uh, in, in the wildcard, but uh, I think the Vikings might just have a little bit too much uh, over the course of a, a what is a long season, and might just pip them to the uh, to the division title. If that yeah, makes completely sense. fair, especially with um, with a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, who we know is going to be pretty solid. I mean, I mean, he's never going to be a world beater. We don't think, mm. but he's going to be very, very solid. And you've got a guy like Justin Jefferson, who is arguably the the best player or best skilled player in the in the league, certainly mm. at his position. We think, and uh, look, it's. It's going to be a good race because it's it's such a different different kind of landscape now in the NFC North with Aaron Rodgers and, and Green Bay mm. kind of parting ways for for the first time in a long time. So yeah, I just feel like that plays out. I just feel like there's some value there potentially with the Vikings. I think yeah. they're probably yeah. I, I think that I think they've been a bit overrated, but I think that that the markets there are underrating the Vikings and potentially slightly overrating the Lions. Yeah. you're probably right, and that the Lions are the the better team. Um, but it's more a mental and and whatever you know upside that the Vikings potentially have over the Lions in that they've been there, they've done it, uh, and the Lions haven't. You know, like you've said a, a few times, you know, the Lions haven't been in this conversation for so long, and and this is going to be new. Having having the expectations of being a winning franchise again is going to be new for them, and and whether they can handle that is is going to go a long way to to determining who wins that division. The NFC South, uh, I think we're both on the same page for obvious reasons. The New Orleans Saints to uh, to take a step forward. Yeah, again, it's it's an interesting one. It's one I really wanted to kind of stick my neck out here and, and kind of tip a bit of an outsider, and, and that would be the Atlanta Falcons for mine. So they're my dark horse, the Falcons. I mean, they're not so much a dark horse in a four-division a four <laughs> te- uh, um, market here, but, I mean, I, I really do think that, that – this is wide open, and, and we saw it last year. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were supposed to shit this in last year, and they barely scraped over the line with a mm-hmm. with a losing record at eight, nine, and one. So, um, could easily see that kind of you know that kind of record potentially winning this division this year. But the Saints do look like this class, just for the fact that they've got um, the best quarterback in the division um, by far. Well, uh, you know, well. At the moment, currently, obviously, there's I think so. still I think, a lot of expectations so. to come in from, um, you know, uh, actually, yeah. I mean, Bryce Young's the number one overall pick, but he has, hasn't played an NFL game. So mm. they've clearly got the best quarterback in the in the division. They've got the best defense by a long way as well, and that's obviously going to take them and hold them in a very good stead. But, you know, the Atlanta Falcons surprised many last year, and, and I think they could be plucky this year. And again... Um, you know, surprise a few teams and, and win those seven, eight games, which almost could be enough to win a division like this. But um, yeah, got the Saints, who you know, over even money in this division is probably a bit of a, a bit of a bit of value, to be honest. I think, um, but 
don't sleep on the Falcons is, is all I'll say, but uh, it looks like a race in two for mine. I think the Bucks are going to struggle, and um, and I think also the Panthers will take some um, take some improvement going into this year. Yeah, no, I think that's spot on. I mean, and and you look at kind of the win totals for for each of those teams in the division. The Saints uh, lead that division uh, at nine and a half. The Bucks uh, at the bottom end of that division at six and a half, and then the, the Falcons at eight and a half, and the Carolina Panthers at seven and a half. So I think you're, you're pretty spot on with kind of your expectation of of that division. But like you said, stranger things have happened in football, and you know, it wouldn't surprise to see the the uh, the Falcons pull something out and. And, you know, the, the Saints have lost games that they'd been expected to win over the last two seasons. So, you know, there, there are still some question marks, even even in kind of expecting them to be the best team in, in that division. Uh, the NFC East, uh, easy choice or tough choice? No, definitely not an easy choice. It's, it's the obvious choice. I think you have to tip the Eagles going into the season. But, um, you know, we know with this this division historically um having not having had a run a, a repeated champion for the last 20 odd years i think it was like going back to 03 and 04 or something that um we finally had a, a team that would has won back-to-back division titles in the nfc east so it's it's historically the most wide open division and um i think it is quite quite unique again this year that even the commanders could put their hand up but um realistically uh, I think the Eagles, it's theirs to lose, but um, we know how elite the Cowboys are, and they're going to be, whoever loses this division out of the Cowboys and the Eagles, they're going to make the playoffs as well. I think they're, they're two locks for playoff um, teams, the Eagles and the Cowboys, just kind of where you where you think they're going to finish. But for mine, I think it is the Eagles as the as the clear number one in the NFC East. Well, not the clear number one, but, uh, yeah, the number one team in the NFC East. And, um, yeah, $1.85-ish. Um, is pretty good. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's kind of the the one that you, I think if you if you have to pick one over the other, you go with the Eagles just on the strength of form from the last twelve months. But um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are, are going to be right there, and I think there's there's potentially some value in the Cowboys. Their win line is only at nine and a half, and and I find that staggering. You know, for a team that won 12, 13 uh, games last last year, uh, that their win lines. Only nine and a half, and and I think they've probably gotten gotten stronger. Um, that I think that they they hit double digit wins, and and that's one of my uh, my plays of the the season a little bit later on in the show. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm taking the Eagles here, and I think you're right that that both the Eagles and and the Cowboys make make the playoffs. And and you never know. I mean, we saw at different times last season. You know, both of the Giants and the Commanders make little runs uh, and, and cause some cause some some issues to, to the, those those two top top seeded teams so you know any anything can happen it is wide open as you've said and uh wouldn't surprise me to see a, another division champion at, at the end of the season but you know, i am hoping it's the eagles for obvious reason uh the <laughs> nfc west um probably one of the easier choices i know there's there's you know since last season's kind of surprise packet of, of the seattle seahawks uh you know, I, I think the Niners here are the clear class and, and really the only option. If you can get it at $1.50, $1.60, there's, that's probably still value. Yeah, for sure. I think, like, the similar to um, a couple of others we just mentioned, they do look like the class and the clear standout within their division. Uh, they, these are the ones you'd be anchoring in a multi. I think the uh, San Francisco 49ers, I don't see how 
any of these teams in this division could upset them. Obviously, the Seahawks look to be the, the team that to potentially come into a wildcard spot. Um, interestingly enough, when we'll touch on our wildcard teams, I think I've just got the Seahawks missing out this year. Obviously, they were a wildcard team a season ago, but I think I've just got them missing out this season. Um, but I don't think they can challenge the the 49ers for that division crown. I think the Niners will get to double-digit wins quite comfortably, and mm-hmm. that'll be plenty um, of wins to get to um, to the number one spot in the NFC West and, and clinch another division title. Yeah, and again, I think some value with with the Niners there. Their their win totals at ten and a half. Yeah, team that's coming off that. uh, an in, an incredible season with fourteen wins. I think, yeah, that that's another another one of my locks later in the show. But wildcard teams in the AFC, I've gone the Jets, Broncos to to take a step forward, uh, and the Ravens. What what have you got there? Yeah, so the AFC for the wildcard teams. I've also got the Ravens. I think they're going to be. Um, in amongst it again this year. I've also got the Jets, and I've I've sided with the Chargers. I know um, they kind of burnt us a little bit um, last year, but um, yeah, the Chargers for mine will sneak in um, ahead of the Denver Broncos. I know you're a bit more bullish on the Broncos than I am, that's for sure. I need to see Russell Wilson come out and do it. Um, so I'm not not buying into the hype of the of the of the Broncos yet, but mm-hmm. for me, it's the Jets, Ravens um, that we agree on, and then yeah, the Chargers over the Broncos for mine. Yeah, I think for me, really, the difference came down to the head coaches. And, you know, if, if you're going to choose one to, to take your team into the playoffs, I'm going Sean Payton over over Brandon Staley. Uh, I think that there's there's a clear difference there. Obviously, we need to see some of that uh, turn into reality on, on the field. And, and obviously, <laughs> Russell Wilson needs to needs to get back to being Russell Wilson and, and not the guy that we saw stinking up last season. Um, but I think there's so much talent. There's so much potential there in the Broncos. With a with a, a you know a really good coach and and I think that they take that next step. Uh, the NFC, uh, I think the obvious one for for both of us is the Cowboys. Uh, I've gone Seattle to to keep it rolling. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that they they're going to do too much damage in the playoffs, but you never know. And uh, and Detroit to to round out my my wild card teams. What about you? Yeah, for the NFC, I've got the Cowboys, who, of course, I think are a lock. Uh, if they don't win the division, uh, they'll be making the playoffs again as a wildcard team. So the Cowboys, for mine, definitely. I've also got the um, my boys, the Giants, uh, to sneak in once again. They, that was the one for me, whether I chose the Giants or the Seahawks. They're the two I've got um, battling it out for that final spot <laughs> because I've got also got the Vikings in as well. So very similar. Um, as you, you, we've both gone Dallas. I've gone Detroit. Uh, sorry, you've gone Detroit. I've gone Minnesota. That's just because we've swapped them around in our yeah. our predictions for the division winner. So we both think they're going to be playoff teams. And then, of course, um, you've gone the Seahawks. I've gone the Giants, and the Giants have yeah. served me well last season. So let the good times continue as we wait for that bottle still in the mail. Yep, it's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, just give it some time. You know what Australia Post is like. You know what they're like. Um, we'll, we'll take a quick look at kind of playoff predictions before we get into some of the the player awards. Um, we, we've gone pretty similar again with the uh, the championship game matchups. I've gone uh, the Eagles and the Niners, uh, and you've gone the Niners at the Eagles. Yeah, I, I think. Um... Oh, did I go Niners at the Eagles? I went the I thought I went the other way around. I thought they went the same as you, but maybe I just did that to, to kind of um <laughs> point a of difference. difference. But yeah. Yeah. So San Francisco at Philadelphia. That yeah, that looks like to be my um 
um, NFC um, championship game, even though I've just realized on our run sheet we've we've both fucked that up and we've written the NFC and the AFC and the AFC and the <laughs> NFC. <laughs> we have done that. We have done that. But but we're, we're, I think we're both in agreement. The two the two uh, teams to beat in the NFC are the Eagles and the Niners, regardless of where they play that game. Uh, and in the AFC, pretty similar one one difference. I've gone the the Bengals and the Chiefs uh, to go back to the AFC Championship game. You've got the Bills. Yeah, I have to I have to go with the Bills. I mean, like I said, they haven't got over the hump yet. Um, I couldn't pick another Cincinnati Kansas City um, <laughs> uh, championship game, so let's let's go with the Bills, ride the Bills, and hopefully they can get um, get the job done. And no Chiefs for you. Sorry, no, no Chiefs for you in the AFC championship. Yeah, game. well, that's it. I have to. You have to change it up. I think, like as much as I'd love to see the Chiefs kind of get to another championship game. One of those two teams who who could play them in the divisional round might just pip them, and and hopefully it's Buffalo. Well, call me a simp, but I've gone back to back for for the Super Bowl matchup. I've gone Philly, uh, Kansas City, for for obvious reasons. I think they're the two best teams in in the NFL. I mean, the Niners have claims, the Bills have claims, the Bengals probably have claims, uh, the Cowboys would want to be in that conversation. But I think you know over the last. 18 months to two years, these two teams have been the two best teams in the NFL, and, and I think they go back-to-back back, uh, and face off in the Super Bowl. Uh, you're with the Bills. Yeah, got to be with the Bills. Like I said, um, I'm going to roll with Buffalo this year. They're, they're my team, Nick, so you're going <laughs> to roll with Philly, so I'll roll with Buffalo. But look, I, I hope it's um, that would be great to see Philly-Buffalo um, Super Bowl. I think we'll both fly over on the punt returns dollar if we could get if that could get that matchup. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and we've both somehow landed on Jalen Hurts as a Super Bowl MVP. Does that, does that mean that you've got the Eagles winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think um, I do at this stage. I, I, you kind of almost have to lose one to win one, don't you? Mm. A lot of people say, and obviously Buffalo have got a – that horrible record in Super Bowls um, as a franchise. But um, after seeing what Jalen Hurts did in the big game last year, why not? I think he'd, uh, he'd be a deserved winner. And um, Philly kind of um, still looked the class of the NFC for mine. So, um, yeah, Philly-Buffalo Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts win the MVP. Excellent. I'll take it. Uh, moving into some of the player awards, uh, MVP, for obvious reasons, and I gave a lot of that kind of reasoning in, in our preseason preview, but I've gone Jalen Hurts. I think there's still some value there at $13. It's not as long as I would have liked, but uh, given he was in that MVP conversation for so much of last season, I think 13 bucks is pretty reasonable. Uh, who have you got as your favorite? Yeah, I look, I didn't want to go with a short price person like this but i've gone joe burrow smoking joe he's ready to explode i I really kind of wanted to um to pick josh allen but um he's burnt me in the past obviously (laughs) last year so look i've gone smoking joe i i I love joe burrow he's a mini patrick mahomes uh, mini tom brady in a sense isn't he and i um yeah can't wait to watch him play he's he's obviously got all the weapons all the passing accuracy and he's got the weapons around him obviously to to be an mvp and and the do the league do love him, so um, that always helps in these kind of um, awards. So I, I've got Joe Burrow to win the MVP this season. And you've got a, a, a double digit QB as your uh, as your dark horse. 
yeah, my smoky is going to be Trevor Lawrence and like Joe Burrow, <clears throat> you know, they, you know, three three years into their season, uh, their careers now, obviously proven winners, both national title winners at the college level, and we saw Trevor Lawrence kind of come of age. I, was, I suppose a little bit late in that season last year, obviously. Um, Led his team to the led his team to the playoffs. I think it's going to be a comfortable, comfortable division win this season for the Jags. So if he can stat pad and bully some of his his weaker opponents in the division, um, why not make a make a late push for a, for a dark horse MVP? But I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be um, right up there when the whips are cracking in the MVP voting. Yeah, no, I like it. I'm kind of hoping that he maybe gets off to a slow start and, and those odds come out a little bit longer. Cause I, I like, I like the argument for Trevor Lawrence. I just don't like the odds at 17. I think it's probably a little bit short yeah, for me. I, but... To be honest, I thought that was, that, I thought that was a little bit short. I thought that he'd, they'd be, he'd be at least 26 or, mm. you know, around about um, definitely within the twenties, 21 even would be, would have been nice, but to see him at $17 was a bit of a surprise, but I still think he has the, the weaponry and the, um, and the chance to be, um, a, a dark horse for the for the biggest award in uh, the individual award of, of the uh, NFL. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I've gone a little bit longer. I've I've <coughs> gone uh, someone who you know, if if things go right, could be one of the stories of of the competition and, and this season. In Russell Wilson, I think you know he's got the perfect the perfect coach to kind of get him back to an MVP candidate. You know, his odds at at forty one are probably probably still a little bit. Shorter than than I would have liked. I would have liked to seen him in the in the sixties or seventies, given what we saw last year. But I think he's got you know he's got the runs on the board for for a decade in in the league. And do you know that for all those years coaching Drew Brees, um, Drew Brees never won an won an MVP. So Sean Payton Sean Payton's never had uh, an MVP winner. Uh, and you know if if Russell Wilson can turn it around, if Sean Payton can turn it around, then. I think there's a good chance that those those odds uh, kind of skyrocket, and he ends up, you know, low double digits, high single digits, you know, in the, the eight to kind of fifteen dollar mark, you know, at, at the halfway mark of the season. And if that's the case, then the sky's the limit for the Broncos, and uh, you know they could do some damage. And if they do, then you know Russell Wilson's going to be in that conversation. And, and one real real long shot, hundred one dollars, I thought was just way way overs for for Justin Jefferson. I think we've seen what he can do. He's an offensive player of the year. Um, he's the best, like you've said a number of times, he's the best skill skill player in in the league. Uh, and you know, if he if he breaks that single season uh, receiving record, then there's no reason why uh, we couldn't see a, a receiver take out the the MVP. And, and I just thought that that was just silly, silly odds for uh, for Jettas. Yeah, yeah, I completely uh, well. Yeah, I can I can see why you make that argument. He's an absolute superstar and could easily be the first ever wide receiver to win the award. I think um, he's got all the attributes and talent. So if he gets a two thousand kind of uh, two thousand yard receiving season, why not? I mean, it's silly odds, isn't it, for for a man of his mm. of his stature and caliber? So yeah, agreed. Uh, rookies of the year in in terms of the offensive rookie of the year, I've gone the the easy, safe option with Bijan Robinson. I think that he's just going to have a monster year for a rookie. I think he's going to have a monster year regardless for, for you know, for the league. Uh, and $4 uh, seems about right. Uh, and then I've gone Jalen Carter. Uh, in Philly, defensive rookie of the year at seven fifty. I thought it was probably a, a, a touch long uh, and that he might be a little bit 
uh, angry that he's not the favourite for this award. But um, w- what have you got? You've gone a little bit longer, and, and I like some of your uh, your options here in, in the Rookies of the Year markets. You like some of them. Thanks, mate. appreciate yeah. that. I always like your uh, sentiment. Look, Bajan Robertson's <laughs> the obvious pick, and, and as much as I'd wanted to follow you in there, I thought, why not have a little bit of point of difference? And I could see the argument for Jamar Gibbs, mm-hmm. obviously the other key running back in this uh, rookie class. And I think just because of how Detroit will play this year and obviously, um, you know, shipping off their two running backs from last year and Jamal Williams and <clears throat> DeAndre Swift, they've obviously got um, David Montgomery, the vet, coming over from Chicago. But Jamal Gibbs will be their, their RB1 and be their main focal point on offense um, outside of St. Brown, of course. But I think that he's just set up for success behind that offensive line. I think Detroit are going to win a lot of games, obviously win the division, as as I've mentioned in my preseason predictions. So I think the $9 is value there. And then I've just gone an outsider or a dark horse on the offensive rookie of the year, and that's Dalton Kincaid from the Buffalo Bills, who looks like a ready-made um, star. And, you know, obviously, again, in a great situation in Buffalo where he's going to get a lot of looks. Um, a lot of red zone touches potentially and, um, yeah, hopefully kind of carve out a, a really successful career in the mould of a, of a Travis Kelsey for Buffalo and, and Josh Allen. So $41 seems long long odds for a, for a guy of his calibre too coming out of college. So, yeah, they're, they're my two picks for offensive rookie in the year. And then um, for the defence, had to agree with you on Jalen Carter. I think he's going to be an immense um, player for your Philly Eagles who – you're just so blessed to have made a Super Bowl and then get a top 10 pick. I mean, it's just great management and great um, trading from your GMs and, and you know, the the front office um, a couple of seasons ago to, to secure these picks. So um, he looks like one of the most talented defensive players in the draft class. So to come into a, to a team like the Philly Eagles, who already have stars across their whole defense, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting, and he'll fit straight in and, and be a, a force to be reckoned with. And then Jack Campbell, um, the linebacker for Detroit, who, again, coming into a great situation. Um, linebackers have a really great record as as rookies of the year in or defensive rookies of the year. So um, we thought, why not throw him as a bit of a dark horse at $17? Like it. No, I, I like all those I like all those options. Uh, Coach of the year, I've gone the, uh, the obvious – choice i think for me as anyone who's listened to the last couple of, of shows knows that i'm a, a massive rap on on short and payton and and the opportunity for him to do something big and, and turn around the denver broncos so 13 bucks seems seems just about right for sean payton uh who have you got i've got nick sirianni at 21 dollars so the, the sheer fact that i know they like to look for guys that have you know taken a middle middle of the road team and made the playoffs or you know have had a big jump in in win totals and, and obviously Sean Payton fits that bill if he can get the Broncos to the playoffs but I don't see why Nick Sirianni shouldn't be in the conversation especially if he can lead the Philly um the Philly Eagles to a number one seed or something in the NFC and to do it on a consistent basis I think longevity and kind of I know it's coach of the year not coach of the last couple of years but it kind of plays a factor or plays a role in in the in the voting so um, I just thought twenty one bucks. Why not one of one of those silly kind of um, futures bets? But um, I thought it made a bit of sense. So Nick Sirianni at twenty one dollars. It, it is pretty amazing that uh, a guy that coached coached his team to fourteen wins last season, number one seed, and uh, a Super Bowl appearance, and has the largest win total mm. of teams in in the division uh, in the conference, I should say, this season uh, is rated just a twenty one dollar shot. 
for coach of the year. Um, so I, I certainly, certainly think there's some value there. I think, you know, again, there's kind of some silly odds there, but you know, there are some, I guess, bigger story type coaches that are, that are kind of leading, leading this market, but, but certainly some value there at, at uh, Nick Sirianni. Uh, offensive player of the year. Um, we're in agreement. Yeah, look, hard to go past Jalen Hurts. I think he, 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 he's the guy. I think, I think he's going to have a monster year for me. He's, he's the, like I said, he's the number one pick in fantasy. If you, if you, if you're playing um, in there, like he's the quarterback you want, just for the fact that he's going to just score a lot of touchdowns. I think he's going to be an offensive machine again this season, using his legs and and his arm, um, which he's worked on and and he will improve. So. And, and not to mention, obviously, the Eagles will win double-digit games again, 12, 13, 14 wins. So um, Jalen Hurts just seems like a silly price for mine. 26 bucks is just massive overs. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think you know, we spoke about it in, in the last episode uh, that, that I think the improvement in Philadelphia is going to come from Jalen Hurts. He's got that drive to get better and to be the best and you know, had some, some clear things that he, he could improve on and uh, you know, some of that's with his arm, and I think that he spent he spent you know the last six to eight months working on on his arm and his his throwing capacity, and and I think that he's going to be you know a, an elite offensive player again uh, in, in the NFL, and has to be the option there for uh, for offensive player of the year, despite there being a, a wealth of talent that that really could take out the take out that award. But defensive player of the year. Uh, back to the well for me. I think I've backed him in probably four or five <laughs> years straight. TJ Watt at eight twenty five just seems seems overs again. Yeah, look, I had to follow you in this year. I, I went uh, around you last year with Nick Bosa and at paid the events, but that was only because this man was injured. I think, and um, look, obviously. They're both kind of injury prone. Obviously, playing in that position that they do. But uh, look, I think. Um, this guy is an absolute star, and 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 to be honest, um, and it's something I've learned from you, mate. He's probably the MVP of the league. He is genuinely the most valuable player on his team in the NFL. Like when this when the Steelers are missing him, that is the biggest, um, um, yeah, the biggest discrepancy of when you know he does play and doesn't play for his team. I think he's an absolute weapon, and I think you'll see that in droves again this year, and, and there's no reason why he can't be Defensive Player of the Year once more, mate. Yeah, well, I think, like I said, when we spoke about the Steelers uh, earlier in the in our season preview, that, that there's 500k on the line for, for TJ Watt's uh, charity if he breaks the single-season sack record, which he shares. Uh, yeah, if, if TJ Watt hits, hits 20 sacks, uh, he's got to hit 23 to break the record, but if, if TJ Watt hits... 20 sacks or even goes close you know again with with another 18 or 19 then then I think he's pretty much a lock for the, for this award and uh, I think there's some incentive there for him to break that record and, and if he does then there's gonna be no beating TJ Watt and, and 825 just seems good value uh comeback player of the year I was surprised that that we're on a, a bit of a different wavelength here uh Demar Hamlin is very very short at a dollar 30 uh very short but I think Deservedly so, and and we know how much the NFL loves a narrative. We know how much they love a script, and that uh, just fits the script for me. Well, what is the script? Have you seen? Has it been leaked this year? Yeah, well, you know, we've we've seen some we've seen some ads coming out of the NFL, but nothing nothing uh, official that gives us some results just yet. Well, my only concern is that 
this court, this league, or this this joke of an award for one, just because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that the people that are nominated for the like Geno Smith to win it, who won it last year, and some of yeah. the players that were nominated. Like anyway, just going back through the award winners, the last five have been quarterbacks, mate. Mm. So. Has it become a quarterback award? Is it a is it a quarterback award? So why not be Lamar Jackson, who for some reason is in this category, and I thought he was <laughs> on the list. So you know he had a down year last year. So why not? He'll lead his team to the playoffs this year and have a potential MVP caliber season, and that makes him the comeback player of the year, mate. There's no way you're taking a dollar thirty on this joke of an award. Are you? <laughs> well, that is one thing that we can agree on. It is it is a joke of an award, uh, and the fact that Lamar Jackson is in the market is is kind of silly, uh, but. You know, you, you make a good argument, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold that against you. Um, a couple <laughs> of quick uh, futures bets, win totals, and and that sort of stuff. Um, anything jump out at you? Yeah, I think for me, the one that I was most keen on was San Francisco. I, I think you did mention their line was yeah nine and oh, yeah ten and a half. I, I I just think they get that comfortably. I think they're a twelve win team minimum this season again, mm-hmm. and. Ten and a half just seems way too low, so I'd be jumping all over that. The San Francisco 49ers to win over ten and a half games. A couple others I like, um, and they're all teams that I think will make the playoffs. So I've obviously naturally gone to the overs. Detroit to win the NFC North at over nine and a half wins. And just remembering there is 17 games now this um, in the regular season, not 16. So um, you can easily finish 10 and 7 and, and, and not look um, too crazy. 10 and 6 back in the day. You know, ten wins used to be a really strong season, but ten and ten is ten wins isn't what it used to be, obviously. So, Detroit over nine and a half wins, the Vikings over eight and a half wins, the Jags over nine and a half wins. I think the Jags shit that in just for the fact that they're going to get four wins straight up against the Titans and the Colts without even having to blink, and then you've got the Titans twice as well to add on to that. So, I think the Jags comfortably get to nine and a half wins, which which will get them, see them win their division. And then I've also got the Texans under six and a half wins. And, you know, based off their last couple of seasons, six wins is double um, what they've been doing. So, um, to get six as a total, I'm pretty happy with. So, I'll take them under six and a half as well. Yeah, very nice. I've gone uh, the Colts under six and a half. I think they're they're on the hook for, a, for another kind of massive regression. I think it's going to be a very, very long season for the Colts. Uh, and I'm not sure where they're going to, where they're going to find enough wins to get over, to get, to get seven or more. Um, you know, you've already talked about that division that they're not going to beat uh, the Jags. They might beat Houston. Uh, I don't think they'll beat Tennessee. So I think it's going to be a really tough year for, for Indianapolis and uh, under six and a half is the line there for me. Uh, I'm in complete agreement on the Niners that that ten and a half seems way unders. Uh, like you, I think they're a twelve win team, absolute minimum. They've they've won fourteen last season, uh, and I think that they get to that that mark probably again. Uh, ten and a half seems way way unders for for the Niners. Denver, I think, are taking that step up. I think they're going to be coached really well. I think Russell Wilson gets back to to being a really good player again, and, and they've got a stack of of talent on both defense and offense that that if everything goes to plan like I think it might then uh, they should they should quite easily uh, hit that eight and a half win mark Arizona are, are really gonna struggle they are really gonna struggle I think they're probably the worst team in the competition and that's kind of um, shown in in their win total at four and a half I just don't I don't see how they can beat 
four teams, let alone five teams. Uh, I'm not sure where those wins are going to come from. And it wouldn't surprise me to see them kind of as, as a one or two win team over the course of the season. Um, yeah, whoever, whoever they beat is going to feel like they've, they've let one slip. So yeah, I'm not sure that there's a, a, a worse team than, uh, than Arizona in the competition and Dallas again, a little bit like San Francisco. Um, you know, their line at, at nine and a half just seems way under. I think they're a double digit team easily. I think that they're up at, at that 12, 13 win mark again. And, uh, and they're a really good team. And so I, I just thought under, under double digits was just uh, an, an absolute lock. So I'll be, I'll be playing that one pretty hard, I think, and probably doubling up the, the Niners into the Cowboys, uh, for, for a bit of a double there just to, to see how we go. Um, a couple of little player props that I liked. Uh, Bijan Robinson is going to be the man in Atlanta. His uh, rushing touchdown line of seven and a half seems unders. Um, he's going to get plenty of opportunity. He, he's going to be the man in that offense. Uh, obviously, Kyle Pitts is is going to be pretty important there too. But uh, any of those kind of goal line uh, carries, short yardage uh, in the end zone, in the in the red zone, you know, I think. Bijan Robinson's going to get first crack at those and uh, wouldn't surprise me to see to see him kind of at the 12, 13, 14, even more uh, rushing touchdowns at the end of the season and potentially up there for uh, you know leading that market uh, across the across the competition. Um, Jamar Chase, his receiving yards line was 1300 and a half. Uh, Again, I think he's just going to be an absolute beast. I think Joe Burrow is kind of primed to, to take that next step. You, you've kind of talked about him as the, the heir apparent, um, which I, I agree with you, um, kind of the heir apparent to Patty Mahomes. Uh, Jamar Chase is kind of the, the heir apparent, even though there's not much age difference between them to, uh, to Justin Jefferson. Um, and I think those two are going to combine uh, a lot for a lot of yards and 1,300 yards is is the minimum i think if those two guys stay fit and healthy um you know jamar chase is probably up at the 16 1700 uh receiving yard mark and and you know well over that 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 line uh chris olave over 74 and a half receptions um we, we've seen what new orleans have done in that offense uh over the last few years obviously it's it's a different coach it's a different offense but um you know he is he's quite clearly the number one guy in, in that offense. We, we don't know what to expect out of Alvin Kamara anymore. You know Michael Thomas isn't Michael Thomas, uh, and I think that there's an there's a huge opportunity here with a pass first QB in Derek Carr that Chris Olave goes over that um, and, and potentially kind of gets up to that ninety ninety five mark that that only only a few receivers have have hit over the last uh, couple of years. Um, and then the last one was Nick Chubb and his rushing yard line. He's the clear number one in Cleveland now. Uh, I've got him winning the rushing title at $4.80, but his rushing yard total at 1200 just seems well-unders for someone who you think is, is going to win the rushing title. And again, I think he's going to be up at that kind of 1500 1600 in, in which case 1200 is just absolute money. Um, any thoughts on, on those, mate? Yeah, I reckon you're pretty close to the mark, mate. And it's all things that we've discussed in the throughout the preseason predictions and um you know if we if the season goes kind of how we think it is with um jamar chase and the bengals having a big year um obviously you're very high on nick chubb and the, and the rushing title he's the clear rb1 in cleveland who are obviously going to still be a run first team so look it's it's if he's going to win the rushing title he's easily going to get over 1200 yards so i think you're onto something there and like you said i think chris alave 
he's going to hog a lot of the targets with um, Derek Carr in town now, and he looks to be the um, heir apparent now that kind of Michael Thomas is fallen off a cliff a little bit. Hopefully he can come back um, this this year. But, uh, yeah, Chris Olave is going to be a, in for a big season as well in the Dome. Yeah, and just, just to finish up before uh, before we get into the season itself, um, a couple of kind of value value plays for mine. Uh, I know you haven't had a chance to, to look at, at too much yet, so uh, I'll just whip through these really quickly. Like I said, uh, value bets kind of over $2, uh, over even money. I've got Nick Chubb winning the rushing title at $4.80 uh, for all those reasons we've just discussed. Uh, TJ Watt, most sacks at, at $9. Uh, talked about TJ Watt a lot in both the season preview and uh, and tonight with our, our uh, preseason picks. Uh, but that's another one. So I thought there was some value there. TJ Watt getting back to full fitness, full health uh, is just going to be a menace as always. Uh, a couple of Joe Burrow uh, markets, which I thought you might be interested. Joe Burrow, most passing yards, $9. And Joe Burrow, most passing touchdowns, $7 with the wealth of talent he's got uh, in his receiving core and, and available to him at his disposal. I think that he's going to go close as long as he can stay fit and healthy. And uh, like I said, Jamar Chase winning the uh, the receiving title potentially or, or going over 1,300 receiving yards at, at the very least. Um you know, it is going to go a long way to, to getting him uh, somewhere close to, to those marks. Uh, and then the final one, yep. my uh, Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl win at $9. <laughs> uh, look, I was pretty bullish on the Eagles last year. I had them winning the division when not too many other people did uh, and and the number one seed, and, and they got there. And I'm, I'm just going to go back to the well. And like you said a, a little bit earlier, sometimes you got to you got to lose one to win one. And uh, I think Jalen Hurts and, and his Philadelphia Eagles are going to be hell-bent on getting to the promised land this time around, uh, and I don't think they're going to leave too much to chance if they can help it. So I think that's uh, that's kind of the, the, the wrap-up of uh, our preseason picks and futures and, and value plays. Um, any final thoughts at the end there, mate, before we uh, finish up? No, look, mate. I hope uh, I hope there's another big multi that's along the way. That's all I'll say, and hopefully I get to tag along this time um, for the junket. But um, now, looking forward to the season beginning this weekend. Sounds good, mate. Well, thanks as as always for uh, for joining me on the podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, ahead of week two for our first real weekly preview. Uh, but good luck to everyone on the punt this season. Uh, good luck to everyone and their teams in week one. Uh, as we wrap up another episode of the Punt Return Podcast, as always, go birds. <laughs>